Hello, listeners. You're in for a real treat this week, because it's barely on topic. Rhode Island. You're listening to Barely on Topic with VA. When I think of a slap shot, I think of defenseman. It's like the only shot. I, this is what I got. Let's do it. Nick. Here comes the bagel boy himself. Anthony. Joe Sackman Sacco. Jeff. Then I moved to Canada. And Tim. Probably not. Welcome to Barely in Topic, Boston Bruins podcast, podcast for Boston Bruins fans, by Boston Bruins fans. Only said that three or four times this season. And this week, we, we are experimenting with how few people we could have and still have a podcast. So this week, it's me and... Hello, everybody. Jeff's here. Yes. Now, what you may or may not know is that Jeff, Jeff was born in Rhode Island, and so was I. So it's the Rhode Island contingent who's holding down the podcast this week. Give or take. Don't you even dare start saying stuff about New Hampshire or Nova Scotia or whatever in Canada. Today, you are a Rhode Islander. Okie doke. <laughs> Jeez, Jeff, just play along. <laughs> do you want this to be quick and painless? Or do you want it to be long and painful? Former. Okay. Play along. <laughs> so, none of that New Hampshire, Maine, North Carolina crap. It's all about Rhode Island today. And this week was a pretty big week. For Rhode Island and the Bruins. First of all, yeah. well, I, I wanted to start off with, I, because we're not going to talk about this, like, for most of the podcast. But I wanted to start off with the game on Tuesday. The game that I happened to be at. Very excited to be at that game. In which, the pride of Rhode Island, Nola Chari scored. His first career NHL goal. Oh my god! I was so excited! I really was! Stop talking about it here at my house all week. All week. <laughs> like, I just turned to my husband. And I'm like, Nola Chinese scored his first NHL goal. He's like, yes, I know. <laughs> and, and then putting that goal in, though, was just like, like invigorated him because he's been all over the ice every game since. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he scored a beautiful shorthanded breakaway. Is that a shorthanded breakaway yesterday? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, like, which one was that? Yes, it was that one. It, and it was what? It just blew right past the other, past the Panthers for what? the opening score. Opening score. What mm. I really loved about it was that Kindle was right on his ass, and Kindle was like trying to grab at him, and <laughs> and he's yeah, like, yeah. no, with his left arm. He's like, no, I got this. Leave me alone. Yeah, Achari had drawn a, a a penalty shot, and then didn't need it. No, because he just shook it off and went ahead and scored. It was so. <laughs> Handing, the hand had gone up. It was going to count as a trip. It was so awesome. He did that. And before that, when he broke out of the box, he was like, he was down there on the ice and he's, you know, he's down there at the goal and he gets the puck and he's like, oh, I don't have a shot. Send it over to Bergie. And Bergie whiffed. Just puck goes right under a stick. I'm like, oh, come on now. So, so like, Achari was ready. He was like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to handle this next one on my own. Next time I get a chance, boom, do it on my own. And he did! 
took fucking charge. <laughs> I know. And and he was all over the place after that too. Like what was it? He threw a huge hit on Yandel and then got jumped by Alex Petrovic. Oh my god, that was so stupid. Even Yandel was kind of like, you know, when when Petrovic was like, trying to fight him, you know, Yandel like held Atari and was like, no, no, man, it's okay. I get it. It was fine. Now, it was only a, it was only a two minute roughing that probably should have been a, a five minute aggressor for 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 Petrovic to be perfectly honest, but it should have been a major for because. Rick was suggesting that if Achari had thrown a punch, that it would have been like 2-5 and 2 or something like that. Oh, so you think if Achari had thrown a punch, it would have been the fighting, ma- the, the fighting major and the, the 5 for fighting and then the major for aggressor, you think, is what he was saying? Yeah, yeah, he said it would have been, it, it, you know, he would have gotten the full array of penalties, Petrovic, but he didn't. So, oh well, the, the 2 was fine. Let's get back. Okay, I, I just want to slide back to last Saturday. When I went to the Islanders game, because I was good luck charmed two times this week, back-to-back games. Where is my? Where's the love for me, Bruins Nation? Where is it? No, BA I, made this. BA made this happen. She came, we came out of that four-game losing streak. She was to the first two games of what turns into a five-game winning streak. Right, the longest winning streak now that the of a streak of any kind that the team has had all season. Right, the team has never won or lost more than five game, more than four games in a row before, before beating Chicago today. Right, right. So, so basically, um, I was there so they could gain their confidence, so they could win the rest on their own. Right. So that's that's good. But let's get back to the Islanders game. Nash scored twice in that game, and the first goal that Nash scored, I swear to God, because I I had an angle that I was watching it at, but I wasn't really sure who put it in because Achari and and Nash were both down there by the net. And I'm like, oh, my God, Achari scored his first goal. I knew I would be at the game. He didn't score that game. I was sad. But you know what? He made up for it the next game because I was at that Preds game. And that was even better than seeing Roman Yossi. That was better than seeing Roman Yossi. Yes, it was. Because <laughs> I got to see him score his first NHL goal. I just knew it. And you know what? Here's the thing is that – that trio, that, that trio as our current fourth line, actually, based on their minutes the last few games, you're probably better off calling them our third line because they're playing more minutes than uh, Spooner plus whatever chairs are skating alongside him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Am it's I not wrong? Petrano. It's not Petrano, right? Because he's, nope, he's it's out. Then Bleski and then sometimes Hayes, sometimes Stafford, sometimes Curly, as I think Curly is today. Um yeah, well, we started out with Curly and ended the game with Stafford. Stafford and Curly got swapped. Yeah, Cassidy was doing a lot of swapping around. I mean, at one point I, I looked on the ice and I'm like, I don't know what line this is. It's Spooner and it's Pasternak and it's, uh, I think it was Stafford as well. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. But that's okay. Yeah, there was there were some weird things. But anyway, this this unit has Nash back at center. And he had, Nash hasn't played a ton of center this season at all. He's played a lot more right wing than center, or if he's played center, it was on the third line with people during those Frank during when the third line was a mess all that time when Vitrano was still out and stuff, right? And um, and Frank and then, right? and there and during that and also incidentally during the Spooner at Krejci's left wing incident experiment horror. You should see the faces I'm making. They're not good. <laughs> They're not good. <laughs> so, um, but with Nash at center. Uh, more on left wing and Achari on right wing. That has been that fourth line these last few games, and this has only been that, that unit since. What, what? When did Achari come up? Oh gosh, he came up like not a, long ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. 
Oh yeah, where he came up going into the going into the losing streak actually. Yeah, or like partway like after we came back from the road trip, I think. Mhm. So it took a bit to gel again, but this is, you know, there was a lot of talk early in season about how good the um more flanked by Achari and Schaller was. Yep. Putting Nash, who is the best player of those four of those four defensive forwards by by a long shot, really. Nash has uh, some, has some scoring history playing further up the food chain on when he was when he was in Carolina. And that unit's clicked, and it has been on fire. Um, Moore had a shorthand, had a shorty the other day too, I think. Yep. Chari's got his two goals. Right, and Nash has scored those two goals, and they are all over the ice. Their time on ice is reflecting it too. They are just having, they are on a roll right now. And this is a good time for this to happen because the season is wrapping up, and everybody is freaking exhausted. And you know, it sort of brings to another point. Right now, what we're seeing, is, you know, people were, were were panicked over that to the four-game losing streak. Yep. Um, it's like, oh crap, this team's swooning again. But then it turned around, and it's got these, and it's got these five wins in a row. This is not the same team with last two years that just disintegrated and under adversity under, down the stretch. Well, I will remind you, there was a co- coaching change. Yes. And yes. actually, there were several coaching changes because last season it was Jarvis and Huda. Yep. Um. Yep. So yeah. So Sacco and um uh, and Asenza are the only uh, guys behind the bench that are left. You mean Joe Sackman Sacco? Well, we're not for Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, and goalie Bob. <laughs> and goalie Bob, love goalie Bob. And last week we were talking about goalie coaches. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. It was Robin Leonard's uh, dad. <laughs> dad, and I wanted to say he's no goalie Bob. <laughs> That just reminds me of what was it the during the 2013 um, uh, finals run when they had the interview it had the clip with each player and they said who their favorite player growing up was, and Tuca said his favorite player growing up was Bob Asenza and that's no <laughs> there's literally no scenario that's even kind of true. <laughs> I, I know, but it was definitely true that Yarmir Yager's favorite player growing up was Yarmir Yager <laughs> because Yarmir Yager is you know. Time traveling dick wizard slash time lord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used that clip to argue a point with Kirk Ludicky because he had interviewed Patrice Bergeron at an earlier time in his life, and I have no doubt that he's, you know, that Patrice said the answer that he said as his favorite player. But in that clip for Hockey Night in Canada, he said that Peter Forsberg was his favorite player. So he changed his mind. It's true. Because I don't remember the player that Kirk Ludicky cited. And I have no doubt that, you know, they had that conversation and it, and it was true. It's did, just that I had video proof of did, him having changed his mind. That's all. Did Kirk, did Kirk say, have, say it was Mar, Mar, uh, Martin LaPointe? I mean, Martin LaPointe is specifically is personally responsible for Berkey becoming the player Berkey is. No, it was not that name. It was a okay. different name. Of course, LaPointe um, was the, the French def- French Canadian defensive center on the Bruins when Bergie entered the league. Bergie Did he live was in staying- his basement? <laughs> yes, yes, he was living in. He was basically he was he was his mentor and chaperone that first season. So it was kind of like Sidney Crosby and Mario Lemieux. Yeah, pretty much, except you know, much more lower key <laughs> well, because it was Bergie. <laughs> also, Mario was part owner, right? So Mario was like protecting his investment. <laughs> yeah. So it's not entirely the same thing, but ah uh, man, okay, fine, it's not the same thing. People speaking of players living in other players' basements. Did you catch that yesterday in the interview with uh, Mashawn Thornton, where he said he's a uh, still has his house in Boston, and um, Riley Nash is currently living there rent free. I didn't know that. I did not catch that. 
Yeah, it was, it was right before the game, I think, and we were interviewing, interviewing Thor, and I said, wow, that's, that's fucking cool, dude. Way to go, Twos. No, that's pretty cool. I knew that he kept the place. I know that he would like to be back here, but it sounds like he has a job in Florida, which is cool, you know? Yeah. So, but, you I know, he's done, he's done well enough, not extraordinary, but he's had a long career. And, like, you know, at least for a couple of his years in Boston, he was uh, paid enough to be in a pretty good position right now. And his last few years in Florida with the low tax probably did him some, did him some favors, too. And he'll have he'll have jobs in broadcasting for as long as he wants. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it sounded like he was offered a job, like uh, you know, um, when he signed, uh, he was offered a post um, career job uh, with Florida. So, okay. if that holds up, that's pretty cool. So it sounds like he might be down in Florida more year round, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if it you depends. saw this. I don't know if you saw this. Okay, I have to bring this up. We don't have to talk about it for very long. In 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 the garden, uh, in their in studio guest, they had Hal Gill. They did. I did remember you see going. That? I did, and I remember going before it was announced early, and and I, I saw it because uh, Mandy had retweeted it and was not happy about it. But I'm like, I'm like, really? Hal Gill's a pretty good personality. He's probably great on air, and he actually was. Now, not amazing, but like, he was a little stiff. He was a little stiff. He's he's new with this, but he was pretty insightful about it. Nice commentary. Um, higher quality than a lot of color guys do in those in in, in the in the behind doors there. I would argue he was probably better than Pedersen. Yeah. Whom I don't dislike. I just don't think he's very good either. If that makes any sense whatsoever. He also says Calgary. I have a problem with. Yeah, that. I've only met ever three people that do that. Yeah. And none of them were from there. Well, I w- I just <laughs> want to bring up my point about seeing Hal Gill. Okay. First of all, I looked at him and and Glenn goes, "How tall do you think he is?" I'm like, "Hmm." I'm just weighing him. I'm like. Doing the little math, looking at all of them, I'm like, because I know nothing about Hal Gill. I went, ah, he's six seven, <laughs> and he's six seven. <laughs> but anyway, the whole Hal Gill thing, because they've opened up, you know, more spots, I guess, in their their color commentary for the studio analysis stuff, made me think. Maybe Far- both Ferrance and Thornton are retiring this year. Oh my God! It would be so fun. Just get the have them both in there as the as the boy as the baseline um, uh, panel during the intermission. Yeah, Kluzak has his own thing going on. He's got his own business ventures and stuff like that. And Peterson, I think, also does too. So bring in the young blood. Yeah, it was good. Kluzak's taking care of Jaffe. Is all over the place, so he he he'd be not wanting for work. Yeah, well, I Jaffe's pretty established. Yeah, he also is doing. He's also doing a lot of stuff on internet on national broadcast too. Yeah, yeah, he's all over the place. It's fine. But I'm just saying, bring in Andrew Ference and Sean Thornton if he's not working in Florida. But yeah, that Ference. would be wonderful. Because the two of them are so incredibly loved, too. Like, it would be such a, a good, good role and position for them. I need a lot of people to sign on to this. We need to convince Ference to come back. Come, I don't think we need to really convince him. I think he would do it. But anyway, oh my god, it could be so exciting. So, yes, and uh, Hal Gill wore 25, and I think that uh, Brandon Carlo wears it better. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty fair. I mean, maybe because I didn't watch as much Bruins back at the time when he was still in Boston. I have better appreciation for Hal Gill than, say, other longer-term Bruins fans do, because I didn't really watch him failing that much, and I appreciate how he... Uh, he knows what he is. He knows mm-hmm. exactly what he is. I mean, one of his most famous tweets is him standing next to a pile of, uh, a pile of road cones. <laughs> 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 he knows he knows exactly what he is <laughs> and he got a long career out of it he got himself a cup who did he in, get a uh, cup pittsburgh. with oh pittsburgh oh pittsburgh was that the 2009 year yes 
Okay. Yeah, he was uh, so that was he was on that. Actually, I think he might have been a top four D on that team with um, Slatang was still pretty young then. If he, was Slatang even on the team yet at that point? But like Gonchar and um, it was obviously like their their, their top D at the time. But uh, oh my god, Gonchar! Wow. He hasn't, he hasn't been out of the league that long. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, but he was old when he left the league. <laughs> yes, he was. Remember, Sergey Gonchar was also a Bruin briefly. I did not know that. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he and um, uh, he and uh, um, Michael Nylander were the two big acquisitions for the Bruins going into the uh, 2004 playoffs, where they flamed out in seven in the first round against the Habs. Oh, and that was yeah. a team that shouldn't have done that too. Like you go back and look at that roster, it's like, how did this happen? So, yeah, like I said, they picked up Nylander and Gonchar at the deadline. They already you know, had a rookie Berge. They still had Joe Thornton on the team. Um, they had. Uh, you know, they had most of the 700-pound line was still on the was still on the team at the time. Uh, so uh, Knubel and uh, and Glenn Murray and hmm. yeah. Oh, and Brian Ralston on the first pass was still on the team at the, at the time as well. And Brian Ralston was really good then. <laughs> I want to point out that Hal Gill said something yesterday about how he tried to play at 265 and it didn't work, so he got down to 243. And I'm like, wow, 22 pounds is a huge weight loss for an athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was someone I was reading something about mentioned they lost like 20 pounds, and I don't remember who it was. I mean, obviously, like, Dustin Bufflin, because um, a few years ago there was some footage of him in the offseason, and he, like, inflated it like a freaking blimp. Mm-hmm. But his playing weight is is absolutely colossal. Yeah, I think he's like 270 or something like that. It's really yeah, ridiculous. which is absolutely nuts. Char is like, you know, like 10 feet taller than him. It doesn't play anywhere near that heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Char is like two fifty nine or something like that. I don't know, but anyway, I mean, I, I do want to get back to Rhode Island in a little of bit. Oh, what? Yes, because it's the Rhode Island edition. But you said because we we had mentioned we touched very briefly on today's game, which was the Blackhawks. The Bruins won a game against the Blackhawks. They uh, this is the fifth game they've won in a row, and it was a back to back. It was very ugly, but good win. It was something that they absolutely needed. Um, Dobby had a fucking killer game. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. I, I really hate the, the Bruins giving up a goal in the vulnerable minute after scoring a goal. But, hey, they, they held off for that last one. So that's that's really good. And Dobby yeah. did a great job. And, man, oh, man, did those guys look gassed at the end of the game. But they, they pulled it off. So good for them. That was, that was, you know, it was back-to-back with travel. Back-to-back travel. I mean, travel less than 24 hours from, from whistle to a puck drop. With go with travel and a time zone, no less too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that time zone that'll screw you up. It really will. It screws us up, and we're not even traveling between times. <laughs> yeah. So, so the fact that they, they ever, I, I think everyone in the Bruins fandom had this game written off as a, as what was referred to as a schedule loss, a game that you will probably lose, and there's not a lot you can do about it because you're on the second day of a back-to-back with travel, like the worst case back-to-back, and against a, a team like the Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was less than 24 hours between games and, uh, you know, between the end of one game and the start of the other. So I didn't think they were going to lose it, but I thought that there was a good chance that they could bring it into overtime if needed to be. And they didn't, and I'm really happy because uh, I didn't want to sit through any more of that game. Good, you won it in, in uh, you know, within the 60 minutes. Great. Go home and rest. That's all. Um, I have a theory about what happened here, though. You know why the Blackhawks lost? This just makes me happy. Um, Kane caught a Kane, Kane caught a, uh, a, a a Hosa shot during warmups in the face. 
Uh, yeah, I heard it deflected and, off the pipe. Yeah, and then had to get like a bunch of stitches uh, right before the game started. I was really going to say because Patrick Kane is really an ugly, awful piece of trash. He's, he's an irredeemable piece of piece of human waste. Um, um, when when for example, when the rest of the uh, men's national team were saying that they would boycott the world the, the um uh, the world the, the uh, world championships, um, if the uh, women's team didn't get rectified, you know what he said. When everyone else was saying no, he said, "I." he basically said, I have no comment. Yeah, because we all know what he feels about women. Yes, we do. Yes, okay. Fuck Patrick Kane. Fuck him twice. Except don't, because gross, he probably carries at least three or four different variations of VD. No, he can eat a bunch of syphilitic dicks, right? I think that's what you said before. Yes, yes, he's a big fucking bag of syphilitic dicks. Right, which may or may not be insulting syphilitic dicks. At least one of them's his own. Um... (laughs) Seriously, can you picture a scenario he doesn't actually have syphilis? I would think that if there is a god, that god should just give it to him for being the awful piece of trash that he is towards women. Yes. Not that he got it from a woman, but he got it because he's just that irredeemably a dick. You know what? When all that was going on, this really pissed me off, actually. I'm just going to go on a little rant. I desperately wanted someone on his team, someone on his team to be vocal about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the media, but, you know, I wanted to someone, you know, get, get traded for all... For, for, I was hoping to see someone get traded for locker room issues and then go to the media and say, I got traded because I called Patrick Kane out for being a piece of shit yep. and pissed in his locker one day. Because had I been one of his teammates, that is what I would have done. One day? I would have done it every day. <laughs> I mean, I would have done it every day up until such a time as I probably got myself traded for locker room issues, yes. <laughs> yeah, to me, it seems uh, that they, they decided they were going to stand behind their teammate and not uh, think about um, the ramifications of what he's probably doing. Because it didn't seem like a stretch. That's um, a thing in general. People always complain about uh, management's treatment of that, right? Mm-hmm. Not or non comments. No, no, no. You know, management. Of course, they're not. He's their they're their star. They're going to do something awful because of his benefit. It is his teammates that I absolutely despise over this. To a man. Okay, you know, you know what? I I don't like to do this, but I'm just going to do this, and I don't know if I'll keep it, but we'll see. Tyler Sagan. There's the rumor. There's a lot of rumors about one of the reasons why he got traded was because of off the ice issues, right? Which of we, varying kinds and rumors, we know there must have been some some validity to some of them. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know if it was the team worrying about their image. I don't know if they were thinking, like, he needs a change of scenery. I, I don't really know the rationale. We can guess. We can speculate wildly as much as we ha- uh, want to. We have in the past. But the Blackhawks never thought to do that. Never once that we know of. Kane's problems... Well, no, let me, let me go on to that. There's some things that happened, so... Kane's problems go back to the summer after their first cup win. Mm-hmm. That incident with the with the with the, the cabbie. Cap, yep, in Buffalo. Yeah, and the result and, and during the lockout when he went to Switzerland, his mother went with him as a chaperone. Really, I didn't know that. Whereas you know it was in Switzerland during the lockout where the rumors about Sagan, you know, the, the uh, not knowing how to use either the washing machine or the dishwasher and things like that started. Yeah, I, I heard a rumor. That he basically left the apartment and it was just piled with beer cans everywhere or beer bottles. And like there was just like this tidal wave of paper cups and I mean paper plates and plastic mm. utensils. But that's very American, not really Switzerland. Yeah. But interestingly, so the season before the lockout and part of why it was a big deal that his mother went with him with Kane is there had been talk in the run up in that last season. Of course, it was their 
That would have been 2012. So it was their second year. So it was their second cupless year since their since their big cup year. Partly because the the degree of their cap problems after the 09 after the 2010 win were so bad that it took several years to fix them. Now Bowman seems to have that dialed in, which is fucking terrifying, or at least did until 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 the huge extensions kicked in. But there was actually rumors, like maybe not like valid ones, but kicking around in in, in spring 2012 about a trade of like. Kane for Ryan Miller plus parts. Wow. Because at the time, the goaltending situation in Chicago wasn't good. Uh, Crawford didn't have a firm grasp on it yet. Crawford didn't really play significant NHL games until 2010-2011. Um, mm-hmm. um, he was originally going to start off as Marty Turco's backup. Ended up taking the lead from him because Marty Turco wasn't very good at that point. And then through 11-12, he still wasn't command if I didn't still still didn't command the position and so there was talk oh Ryan Miller because Ryan Miller of course was only a couple years removed from his um uh, Vezina and um being the MVP at the Olympics and stuff yeah that was he he was really impressive in that Olympics I remember watching it yeah so there were times when 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 Patrick Kane was under these rumors that things were going to things were going to be done about him and then I remember after the lockout, things were things were glowing about him. He was so well behaved. It was because his mother had gone with him and straightened him out, or something like that. But not at all. It just got swept under the rug. He learned how to. I think maybe he learned how to do it less publicly. But then whatever it is that happened in summer twenty in summer twenty fifteen fourteen or fifteen. I don't. Fifteen, I think. 15. fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen was after the third cup win. Again, I say whatever it is. We, we, I think we both, we all know, statistically speaking, what probably did in fact happen. What was alleged, but um, can't say that because, of course, he was never charged. Needless to say, if you're a woman who's out in public with Patrick Kane, make get the fuck sure, away. Yeah, ju- just go to another bar or just get away from him. That's all. Because he's a piece of shit. That just all of you get the fuck away from him. He's awful anyway on a related note i wanted to talk about this a bit too okay we'll get back to rhode island just just because I'm, I'm a little a little steamed about it it got better as the broadcast went on but in the first fucking period of this game today yeah, see, oh I was... good god the nbc broadcast uh, get out of a blackhawks game like this is two of your premier franchises right bruins have been a little rough the last couple years but they're still one of the league's premier franchises and the the, the degree of the ball washing okay first of all for the last few years, actually, since I've been watching NBC and NBC Sports, they just love the Blackhawks. I, I swear to God, it's National Broadcasting Chicago. That's well, what it is. You know, you're, they, they used to be like that for the Pens, but it never like this. Oh, my God. It's a Chicago conspiracy because have you noticed that all of, like, the dramas on NBC are from fucking Chicago? I live in Canada. Okay. Well, I'm just going <laughs> to lay this out for you, okay? And then you can continue on your rant. Okay. Um, there's like Chicago Fire and Chicago Ambulance and Chicago Nail Salon and Chicago whatever. They're all these Chicago police fire hair salon whatever places. Uh, they're all there. So it's like they either have a deal with the city of Chicago or they secretly own the Blackhawks. I don't know which it is, but it seems like that to me. But anyway, go on. We know in the past we've talked about how much we hate Star Sunday, which is such a contrived, stupid piece of shit. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, it was so fucking one-sided to start off. Even after, you know, Spooner scored the first goal, all they were still talking about was the fucking Blackhawks. They had Pierre interview with them um, with Quenneville, and I like legitimately expected him to drop to his knees and start sucking Quenneville's mustached dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to do that to you listeners. I really am. 
Oh, you are so mean. But no, I, I saw that. Um, why the fuck were they tracking Brent Seabrook against Patrice Bergeron? So so this season, NBC's started doing that, right? Started would pick one player in each team. When they're on the ice, starts tracking how long that shift's been. Yep. But what they did here today, though, is Bergie, excellent fucking choice. But they fucking, Brent Seabrook is a fine player. Don't get me fucking wrong. But you don't fucking try to put him on the same level as frickin' Patrice Bergeron. I would have understood had they said, hey, Patrice Bergeron is a former Selkie winner and and he's a the premier defensive forward. And then Chicago has Jonathan Taves, who's also considered to be similar in nature or something. Yeah, and uh, I would have even, as much as I hate him, I would have been fine with Kane. Because I would have understood why he was chosen. I would have, you know, I would have gotten uh, Duncan Keith. Artemi Panarin would have been a fun choice. Yeah. But no, fucking Keith Seabrook. No, no, it was it was uh, it was Bergeron and Seabrook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking fucking Seabrook, and he's not even he's their third best defenseman. Yalmerson's a better defenseman than Seabrook is, and no one fucking tracks Yalmerson because he's just Nicholas Yalmerson. <laughs> yeah, it, it it made no sense to me. I mean, I hated it the first time when they trade uh, when they did it with the Stars and the Bruins that one broadcast. And it was like, of course Tyler they chose Sagan, Sagan for that one. Yeah, Sagan against Pasternak. Uh, yeah, oh, it was Pasternak. Yeah. Yeah, and it was so, just like, why? Why are you doing this? I mean, it's just it, after a while, you just look like an idiot. And then at the end of the the game, did you notice this? The clock, their clock, on the broadcast. Oh, they had that extra one because the one on the broadcast wasn't even trying in the closing seconds. Yeah, for the last forty-five seconds, it would it would just be still, and then it would go down by five. And it and was... they put that shitty like camera timer one in the corner to make up for it, so there was still a clock, but it was awful. What the fuck was this bullshit? The commentary, the color commentary was garbage. Uh, it, it freaking it had it had per, it had Pierre Maguire on the broadcast, which and Eddie no Hedrick. and fuck. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Doc Emmerich calling calling the play by play, which is a nice change, but still, what was who'd they have for their for for, for the intermission? Um, obviously Liam Liam was doing it. Liam's Liam McHugh is fine. I have no problem with Liam McHugh. He tries hard. He's just stuck trying to be opposite fucking Milbury and uh, and Ronick all the time. Yeah, and that's who it was. It was Milbury and Ronick. And Ronick wasn't awful actually. In fact, in general, the intermission ones weren't as bad as they usually are. Both Milbury and Ronick said things that were cogent, which but is unusual know, for them. You know who would make that better? <laughs> Literally anyone but those two, but specifically Andrew Ferentz and Sean Thornton. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like, wait for it. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Yeah, the other night they had Paul Burmeister, who now that's a name that you probably go, what? And I remember him for years and years and years being on NFL Network. And he's part of NBC's crew doing NFL stuff. Yeah, so, like I said, I don't expect you to know very much about him. I used to watch NFL Network, like, every day for hours a day. So I know mm -hmm. who this guy is. So they brought him in, and I was curious, and I'm just like, where the fuck is Catherine Tappen? You guys brought her in to be an in-studio host, and I, I can't find her. They, they, they took her They, they took her from, from, from Nesson. And... Yep. Do you know where she started out? I just wanted to let you know. She's not a Rhode Island local, but... Oh, no, on one of the Rhode Island channels, though. She started off on uh, WJAR Channel 10 in Providence. Jack also started on a Rhode Island network, I believe. I think he was at a PRI, oh, okay. uh, Channel 12. But anyway, I I remember when Catherine Tappan used to be the sports reporter. Um, she wasn't the, the lead anchor, but she did sports reports uh, from here and there and everywhere. She did that on Channel 10 in Providence. But anyway, 
Just trying to bring it back to Rhode Island. I, I, I just don't understand NBC's choices. There is a wealth of people to go with. And, okay, I personally don't like Doc Emmerich, but I appreciate he is actually good at play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Fine. It's so, tricky. It's tricky to do play-by-play. And he is actually he is good at it. He's got that classic play-by-play voice, which people in hockey specifically seem to love. And he's got a cadence. There's a cadence to Yeah. It. So I appreciate that. But everyone else, why are they on this fucking broadcast? I don't know. Why? Like, like, like. The funniest thing was okay. So 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 Curly was playing tonight, right? Sean, Sean Curly, and 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 they have um, Pierre trying to say talk about his interesting story. It was not <laughs> interesting, and like it was great. It was a lot of biographical information on Sean Curly, and you know what? You know, okay, that's actually interesting to some people. I found it kind of interesting. I didn't know all of it, but the messenger's bad, and it wasn't even that interesting, or really at all. I kind of z- uh, zoned out or was doing something. What was his? What was the story? You know, just, you know, he's a guy from such and such town in New York and he ended up at the University of Miami, Ohio. He was a Sharks draft pick, came over in the Linden, and come over with the first round pick from, from Martin, Martin Jones. Jones. The first, and then that first round pick turned into Trent Frederick, who was also a hell of a prospect, blah, 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 said some things that were awfully more glowy than Sean Curley deserves for his play as well. He's fine. I have no problem with Sean Curley, but, you know, he's what it is. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it was, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. You can get someone more interesting to tell the tell these stories from people who's less loathsome than Pierre Maguire. You can get someone who doesn't sound like an imbecile on the air uh, rather than Eddie Olchick. You can you can get anyone anyone at all that's not either Jeremy Roenick or freaking or, or freaking Mike Melbury. I love it when they bring in Brick every once in a while to do the color. You know we know him. You know he's got a Boston slant, whatever. You know, but he's got way more personality than than Pierre Maguire. He does. Yeah, I mean, Pierre Maguire has personality, but it's just no, just, just, just no. <laughs> His personality is no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Seriously, who could you have talked about? You could have talked about Noel Chari this week. Scored his first two NHL goals. Yesterday's was really impressive. And yes, I did bring it back to Rhode Island. But I mean, really, if you're going to talk about players on the ice, why don't you talk about like you know players who've done something? You know. And. and- the other thing too, so they, they, when he came, when he interviewed um, Quenneville, all he was doing was just deadly. I said, I'm not going to say it again, but it was, you know, it was pretty, you know, generous. You know, when he talked to freaking, when, when he talked to Cassidy, all he wanted to know about, all he wanted to know about when he talked to Cassidy was about why Cassidy didn't use that or didn't didn't use his challenge before. Because he wasn't going to win it. And he wanted to make sure he saved his own. Because remember, he also did. He, then he didn't, and then didn't use his um his just, um uh, his said, um. Uh, his OT, it's timeout rather. His timeout at that that ridiculously long shift where the where the third where the fourth line and third pairing were hemmed in for like two minutes straight. Oh my god! They iced it, and shockingly, he didn't use his his timeout. This is most coaches would at this point, but it worked out well because he was he had it to, when the team was under siege at the end of the game. Yep, he used which it is, at the right moment, which is so impossible to figure out. Well, that's just it. You held you you you've skipped two times. One time where you could have justified gambling it, it would have been a bad choice. Although that game, that goal was kind of bullshit. That should have been blown dead. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was like right there in the goal and like getting puck shot at him. And I'm like, what the? Unless fuck? yeah, unless you want to argue that the first puck went in, mm-hmm. which is actually a reasonably compelling argument. That should have been blown dead. There shouldn't have been a chance for the second time uh, for, for the second shot, because the second shot should have been victim to intent to blow. I, I did not understand what was going on with that. I, again, that was one again, of those it, things that made me go, there's probably stuff about hockey that I don't understand, and this is one of them, because there's a guy who's, like, taking up resonance in the net right now. 
I am convinced the Bruins have had goals waved off on the intent to blow on exa- on some very similar situations. Yeah, well, I'm not a hundred percent, but I can't give an example, but I'm certain of it because the in- the whole intent to blow thing is kind of horseshit. My my opinion in the past has always been if you're gonna frick- if you intend to blow your whistle, blow your fucking whistle, ref. Yeah, there was that one play where it's like uh, they said, well, Corey Crawford held on to that for. You know, he really had a, a handle on that. It's like, no, the puck squirted out. It was like back in the arena of play, and you guys blew it dead. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the box score now. They did award it to Panarin, so it was the second shot, the one that probably shouldn't have been allowed. If it was, if they'd awarded it to the first shot, I'd get it. I would. Yep. No, no, it wasn't the first shot. They awarded it on the second shot. I, I remember that. So if it, had, if they'd given that to what? Oh, because it bounced off Panic. So Panic has the prime, the primary assist. If they'd awarded the goal to Brent Seabrook, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> don't mind me. I've just moved into this goal. I'm gonna live here for a little while. Um, can you order a pizza for me? Hey, could you get me a beer? That would be great. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looked like to me. I know he was kind of like trying to fuck that. I I like my narrative better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, there were some weird things about this fucking game, and, and it just sort of drove home. Like, I, I always hate NBC broadcast, but it's been a long time since I watched one against the Hawks, and it's just dreadful. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of bad hockey broadcasting in the next week, unless you have Nesson. <laughs> we have to go with the Homer, because we can stand them. Well, see, that's just it, and that's a thing I probably should stress when I'm complaining about NBC, is that I have... No, I, I'm not going out there necessarily wanting my home broadcast team. I appreciate their homers. I'm not saying I need to stay in my bubble. But the national team is just so bad. Yeah, the the nationals should not be favoring one over the other. Yes. And they always favor the Blackhawks. I'm telling and you. I, and it's funny because I remember I always think about how much I hate the um uh, I hate the, their coverage of the pens, but the Blackhawks is so much worse. It is. It is. Because... With the pens, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, I get it. It's like Sidney Crosby. Everybody wants him to be their son or some shit. And then, oh, they won the Stanley Cup last year, and it was so improbable. Oh, yay, whatever. I can understand that in a respect, but this I don't I don't understand at all. Yes, the Blackhawks have won I don't know how many Stanley Cup championships since I've been watching, but... Ugh. Two since you started watching, three under this current configuration because there are others hadn't been since the 60s. Um. Okay, well, still. Ah, I just hate it. It's like, don't don't favor Chicago all the time. Here's that's, the thing about, about, about it with Chicago. Too. Yes, Chicago's been a good team. I understand that they're a draw. Here's the thing. Before this, this, this Cup Series, they could barely fill their own fucking stadium ever arena. Now, part of it's because of um, uh, the, the senior, the senior where, where it's, uh, Bill Weirtz, of course, wouldn't even allow a local broadcast because he felt it would draw, it would, uh, it would uh, limit um, attendance so no one watched the fucking Hawks because there was no way to watch them except going to bad games. But still, like I appreciate it. it's a great success story. You want to, it's it's a winning team. Somehow they think they're marketable, even though their star players are lo- are, are are either loathsome or a mannequin. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Sidney Crosby has much personality, and he makes Jonathan and, and Jonathan Taves makes him look like freaking Brent fucking Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we all know who the Nova Scotia star is. Oh, I know the pride of Hammond's Plains. Fuck those fuckers from Coal Harbor. It's Brady, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at one point I was watching the game today, and I saw Valeski and Stafford talking to each other. I'm like, they're talking about kids. They're talking about being dads now. I can see it. 
Just a look in their eyes. They're not talking about hockey. But anyway, I'm just, I'm tired of the bias. That's all. I knew that you wanted to go on this rant. I tried to serve it up as well as I could. <gasps> whoa, whoa, whoa. But. Um, source here. Bruins have signed Jacob Forsbacher Carlson to his ELC. What? It, yeah. The, uh, Nicholas Goss or Nesson there tweeted it 15 minutes ago. God damn. Well, I guess I yeah. really had that wrong. Yeah. Yeah, he's their coach out there, Quinn. There, we see. You know, his comments earlier in the week sounded like he sounded like he expected him to stay. At least everyone was framing it that, but really, it sounded more like they were. He was hoping he would stay. What's interesting, they all point out is um means that he has signed. And McAvoy still actually hasn't signed an ELC. No, no. which is interesting because he could sign and defer it to next year because that's what both Fitzgerald and Joe and Johansson did. Neither of their ELCs start till this till till July first. They're playing on ATOs, much like. Well, no, sorry. Johansson's playing on a PTO. Fitzgerald, much like McAvoy's playing on an ATO. Because Johansson was a professional in Europe. Okay, okay. Well, um, you jumped the gun a little bit. Sorry! Was... Something happened and I got excited. I know. <laughs> I know. Because I wanted to talk about another Rhode Island connection that the Bruins have. Did you? I just wanted to ask you, did you know that the, uh, the Bruins have a, uh, a farm team, an AHL team, down in Providence? You know, I'd heard something about that. Yeah, yeah. And, um... I was going to say something about <laughs> originally I was going to talk about um, what you call bakery pizza and what I call pizza strips and then tie it back to Providence. But, you know, we'll just we'll just go on with the Providence Bruins thing. Yes, the Providence Bruins. They play down in Providence <laughs> at the uh, Dunkin' Donuts Center. But the I Providence Civic Center. It is the <laughs> Providence Civic Center forever and ever and ever. OK, that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But anyway. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, this week, uh, the, the Providence Bruins, um, they, they got somebody new. Yeah. Do you happen to know who that was? Yeah, I do. Happens to be um, um, uh, last year's uh, 14th overall pick, um, uh, Charlie McAvoy. Yep. And uh, everyone's pretty pumped. Everyone's really fucking pumped. <laughs> so he signed an ATO, right? Yes. So he signed to an amateur tryout offer. Mm-hmm. So he's... Um, Without having signed in yet, is his entry-level contract, which he hasn't yet. And this is important. People on the internet keep seem to forget this, that he's not signed to any actual contract with the big club whatsoever. Which stands in contrast with, say, um, uh, Emilio Johansson, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, who both signed their, their ELCs to start next season and are on a amateur uh, amateur tryout offer in the case of Fitzgerald and a professional tryout offer in the case of uh, Johansson. Okay. And... So basically, they're both playing in Providence. Their contracts don't start yet. Right. Um, McAvoy hasn't signed at all. He's just the ATO. My guess for why it's taking time is they have to work out bonus structures. Because mm-hmm. he's um, eligible for quite a bit of bonuses because of his draft position. And the Bruins have to walk the line. They have to give, provide bonuses that both he and his con- agent want him to hit. Like, expect him to hit so he'll get the money. Mm-hmm. But also... Bruins have to acknowledge so that they send him these 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 uh, bonus bonus structure. If he hits them, they then either have to have the space next year to pay them out, or know that they're going to roll over to the year after. Right, and we don't want to get into a cap hell thing. Yeah, we're already facing the the intriguing enough issue um, of the fact that we still have um, Pasternak and Spooner to sign this off to resign this off season. Right, right. Thank God they signed Brad. Oh, good God! I don't know how we would do it if if, we, if they hadn't signed Brad to what's. An extraordinary contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only going to be—he's only going to be the third highest paid forward in the league, on the team. He's—he's he's, going to be, you know, only one hundred twenty-five thousand a year more than um, Backus is. I think he's just doing the—I think he's just doing the the Bergie thing. That's what it is. 
Bergie's is idle. Really. Oh, Bergie's contract is wonderful too. It's it's uh, and then the, here's the thing about that. It's interesting because I don't know if I've made it. I think I've. Oh no, it's in private chat. It was ages ago they made this analogy. Bergie's Bergie and Marchand are in almost every respect for the Bruins exactly like Taves and Kane are for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Except uh, I want to point out that Brad Bergie's better. Yeah. Is not a piece of shit. He is not. No. He's not a piece of shit at all. He's, he's a responsible young man. He's a wonderful human being. He does some less than, than friendly things to other people on the ice sometimes, but he is a lovely young man. Yes, yes. He is, he is. He's, 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 from what I understand, he is a, he is probably a very caring stepfather and soon to be father himself. Freddy Daddy. <laughs> but you look at, you know, thematically, they're a scoring winger and a strong defensive center. Of course, Bergeron is exponentially better than Taves. Yes. And Bergeron, Marchand isn't that much less good as a player, as a player, than Kane, which means net net positive, Bergie, Bergie and Marchand. Mm-hmm. And together, they cost, oh, uh, what's it, uh, 13, 13 million. You know what, you know how much Kane and Taves cost each? Ten and a half. Oh my god, I, yeah, I couldn't remember if it was nine <laughs> or ten myself, but yeah, okay. Each. Each. And on aggregate, Bergie and Marshy is better. Mm-hmm. Boom. All right, we win. Just hand us the Stanley Cup. Also, incidentally, we, won, we swept the, the season series with the Hawks this year. We won both games. Oh, nice. Yeah, right? Suck it, Hawks! Suck it, Hawks! And your fans, too. You guys suck. Anyway. Oh, another interesting thing um, that I'm just noticing. So JFK, of course, has now signed. Yep. His, has start, his contract's starting right away. Uh-oh. So does that mean he's with the big club? It means he's playing. It means he's burning a year, which means I mean, even if he played in Providence, he'd be burning a year. Oh, oh but yeah, given yeah. the team's recent usage of Ryan Spooner, I am unsurprised. And again, I've been very clear on this base that I have. I am a hundred percent confident that Ryan Spooner will not be a Bruin in the fall. Well, well, frankly, here's the thing: we can't actually afford to pay both him and Pasternak appropriate appropriate sums at this point. Right. 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 Um, so, and obviously they're going to pay Pasternak the six million or whatever it's going to take to re-sign him. So Ryan Spooner is not going to get the four or so that he deserves. So they're going to end up trading his rights, I think. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not as heartbroken about that. I like Ryan Spooner a lot. I have for, since way before he made the big club. It's what it is though. It's, uh, we've seen enough to know what Ryan Spooner is and isn't. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what it is. It's like, in the last time we lost a player in his exact position, very underpaid third line center, the third line scoring center, they went off to make a lot of money elsewhere, and we're glad we didn't give him that contract. I'm of course referring to Carl Soderberg, another very beloved player, possibly a more likable player than Spooner because he was such a quirky dude, and, and because possibly a golden knight in the fall. <laughs> Again, you know, my position on that, if I'm George McPhee, I'm taking almost no one unless they're a truly good player for, with mm-hmm. more than two years' term. Because that's the smart thing, because then you can start flipping them fast as rentals be one, in year one and year two. But I'm not George McPhee, so. <laughs> <laughs> and you should be happy about that. Probably. Um, yeah, I'm not really heartbroken about the, the, the Spooner thing, but, um, the JFK thing, I'm just like, huh. That feels like it could gamble, but I mean, right now what it means is if he's signing and joining the team right away, for starters, Curly's going down. He's not yeah. going to, he's, he's only on emergency loan right now with, with Hayes being down. Yep. So Curly's going to go back down, but you know, I mean, Schaller and Vitrano were only ruled out for the weekend. So hypothetically one or both of them will be available by Tuesday. Hmm. We are actually facing a potential glut of forwards. Play up depth. 
I, I suspect if these guys are, we're going to start seeing Bolesky scratched again. Mm-hmm. Bolesky's been better lately than he's been most of the season, but still not great. It makes me sad. I like Bolesky. Bolesky was great last season. And yep. some people seem to forget how good he actually was his first season here. Yeah, but he's regressed. I think yes. that's the important thing to say. And who knows why, but he just has. I mean, he was injured for a long time, and that sucked. You know? Yeah. Uh, knee injuries... I don't care if you actually are physically recovered, supposedly, it still takes a while to get that knee working well, you know, because, okay, the pain's gone, but that doesn't mean that everything is working exactly awesomely. Well, I think we're going to have to see what happens with uh, JFK uh, in the next uh, week or so. But uh, yeah, they're saying he's going to join the team in the next couple of days, so we'll see. Yes, yes. But I made that sounds to me like one way or the other, he's getting to burn the first year. Probably, and maybe that's why they're being cautious with McAvoy. Now, I do remember one thing last week. Sweeney was, said something about McAvoy, and he was going. He he said that the terms of the ELC, especially with the year being burned off, had everything to do with his birth date. Yes. So I was wrong on the podcast last week. Okay, was, I wasn't uh, pointing that out to me. Yeah, I know it was. A, I, I when I retweeted the, in the show and it was released, I did mention that. But you know, I have fifty followers, fifty nine followers. And so, so what it is, is, uh, I was wrong about his birth date. So he's a uh, December 21st. Mm-hmm. Ooh, solstice birthdays. Wow. That's like the day after your birthday. Yes, it is. I think also like spring is 12 close. years later, but you know, <laughs> nope. 14 years later, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, he, uh, so, so he turned 19 on December 21st because he turned 19 last fall. It, even by signing now, he wouldn't, he wouldn't slide. I had thought he would. I thought it was, I thought he was still young enough to slide another to slide another year, but I was. But because he wasn't pre-signed, like so. So anyway, so I was wrong about that, which is why they're not signing and putting with the teams. They don't want to burn a year on McAvoy. Right. So right. part of what I feel like's going on here then is that Sweeney's gambling that McAvoy is going to be more expensive at the end of his ELC than JFK is. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get where I'm going with that. Basically, it's like if JFK is going to be less expensive at the end of his ELC, it's okay that it comes two years sooner. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, or a year sooner. I think it would be foolish to to sign both of them and burn a year at the same time, too. I just yeah, you see that. See that's just it because um by having McAvoy start in the fall, that puts him coming up only one year before the Krejci and Backus contracts um expire. Although I heard that didn't Krejci say that after his when his contract is up, he's done here in Boston. Yeah, but, okay. So my my point is though, you still need those contracts to come off the books before. You All of our recent it. draft picks start becoming more expensive. Okay. Okay. And so they both have four more years. So if they start three, then it's then it's one year before the end of their contracts. So back. So so, so yeah. Uh, and also, incidentally, the McAvoy ELC would be up the same year that Krug and Kevin Miller's contracts are up. Oh, that's very interesting. So yes, so summer twenty twenty is the the is the furthest out any of our defensemen are currently signed to. So I think actually looking at that is a very artful planning for McAvoy to become quite expensive at that point. Although honestly, depending on uh, if if Tory Krug's career arc continues the way it is, there's only, I can't imagine a scenario he isn't re-signed at that point either. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Now there's something else I forgot to mention I wanted to talk about, but I just want to give it a, like a two minutes. It's not Rhode Island at all. Um, <sighs> on, on Friday I went to uh, um, Q, QMGL, um QMGL uh, playoff game. Game five between uh, the Rouen Naranda Huskies and the um, Halifax Mooseheads. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Ruin Naranda, which of course is Jeremy Larzon's team, uh, won in triple overtime. Wow. Yes. Um, it was a fun, fun game, at least through regulation. The overtimes became a fucking drag. Teams oh. were tired. Numerous overtimes, the quality of play degrades rapidly as the guys get exhausted, as the skaters get exhausted. But, um, yeah, so Jeremy Lauzon, um, uh, was quiet most of the game. And then, like, towards the end of the, of the third, at which point we were, we were in, like, the last five minutes of the third, and it was, like, um, 5 3 uh, Halifax. Mm hmm. Jeremy Lauzon scores scores a gorgeous slapper from the blue line, and then he assists on game tying goal with like 15 seconds left. Oh wow! And then he was an assist on the game winner in the third over in, in, in OT three. Excellent. So he was quiet, but Jeremy Lauzon was like driving in the end was kind of driving the bus on the uh, on the Huskies offense. Um, on a related note, and I think I've mentioned this player before. My personal favorite player on the Mooseheads is uh, not. Um, you know, contender for first overall this year, Nico Hissier. He's great. He really is. My guy is Max. It is Maxime Fortier. Boom, <laughs> boom. It doesn't actually translate to this, but it's close enough. I call him Max Power. <laughs> <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah. Um, he had a hat trick in regulation, oh, wow. and in the first, and in, in through the first overtime, he was the only Mooseheads player doing things until he got worn down. But the breakaway after breakaway, he was great, and I love this player. He got didn't get drafted last year, even though he was eligible, which is weird. The only Moosehead last year that got drafted, another center by the name of Otto Sampi, is not nearly as. <laughs> he's a Finn. What do you expect? <laughs> uh, sorry. We, I've never really noticed doing much ever was drafted in the seventh round last year by the but by the by tampa but Fortier got passed over he's still eligible this draft he's having a good season oh i want him i want the bruins to pick him in a later pick i really do his scoring numbers are not are not he's not going to go early because a he's over age. He's, he's a year old over age and he's they're not his scoring isn't great for the q but he's a fun player. He's dynamic. He is my favorite on the thing. It's like Mandy talking about Bobo Carpenter on on BU. <laughs> Here's a question: What happens if you're a Q player and you don't get drafted? Okay, so CHL had there is one, and I, I think I find the CHL to be absurdly exploitative. That's why there's a, currently a court case on the matter of whether or not the el- players are eligible for a um, uh, minimum wage. Hmm. They should be. If you play four years in any CHL for the CHL. You receive, or however many years, you receive that many years uh, and you don't get drafted, don't go to the NHL, don't get signed by an ECHL team or whatever. You get as many years as you played full-time in the league, that many years of full scholarship to a Canadian university. Oh, okay. So you can play, You can play, even if you played major junior, you can play CIS hockey, unlike NCAA. Of course, if you've played any CHL league, you're not eligible for NCAA. So what ends up happening is a lot of CIS hockey, and CIS hockey, this is Canadian interscholastic, is fucking awful. Oh, okay. It is bad, shitty, shitty hockey because they are all fourth liners from the Q, the OHL, and the NWHL who didn't, who played four years and are now getting a free ride and play on the, and make the team because they are better than someone walking in cold. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad. You get a, you get paid a minuscule amount for your time. You start university probably two years late because if you've done four years, you've probably done your draft plus one plus an overage season. Yep. Because uh, each team's limit is allowed a certain number of, uh, I think, two players over 20 to start at the start of the season. And then, yeah, you, you so you play from 20 till 24 or 21 till 25 or whatever in CIS hockey. Huh. This is why at the beginning of the season, actually, um, it's come to be a thing where maritime CIS teams are doing do exhibition games against um, 
uh, Northeastern NCAA and get crushed. Absolutely steamrolled because, you know, you look at BU going into this past season had, what was it, six first rounders or something like that? And they, they played my alma mater, Acadia, and won like 7 0. Yep, that doesn't <laughs> sound like you have much of a hockey team there. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to tell you, I I saw a billboard in town. Yes, we have billboards in our town because I've been going to this one place to take two classes a week. So I see the billboard at least two times a week. ECHL hockey is returning to Worcester in October of 2017. The Worcester Railers are coming to town. ECHL hockey is also awful. I know, I know, but I, I need to try it out. I'll tell you why. One. Minor league hockey is fun. Bad. It's bad, but it's it's fun. <laughs> I have good reasons. Listen to me. One, I've never seen ECHL. Okay? So, and it's like, and Worcester, okay, two, Worcester is not far from where I live. I mean, Boston's not far from where I live either, but it takes forever to get there because traffic. Worcester, I can be in Worcester in 20 minutes. Not a problem. And it's probably, I'm probably equidistant, honestly. But... Right next to the DCU Center, where they'll be playing their hockey, there's Mezcal, where I can get tacos and tequila and all the wonderful Mexican things. So it's totally worth going. (laughs) You had me at tacos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. ECHL is returning to Worcester in October 2017. I like this new microphone. This is fun. I I can see that. (laughs) I feel like I want to make all these different voices. Sunday, 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 Sunday. (laughs) Monster trucks return to Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. Um. Anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. I've I've seen ECHL hockey once in in Manchester. It was the first season after it got relegated with uh to to um that with the when it used to be of course the Monarchs um in the in, in the AHL. Um, and then we suddenly ended up with the, the monarchs in the rain switching names and players, and it was awful. I mean, there's fights because it's June because it's because it's bottom rung minor league hockey. Mm-hmm. Lots of punching, lots of fucking punching. And I think it was really really sad for you because you were expecting something else. <laughs> you were expecting some other fun thing to do, and yeah, I know. Yeah. I was a little upset about it, but. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so my position on it since then has been, so you know what, the Q is the only CHL league that doesn't have a, 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 a U.S.-based team right now. Um, you know, there are three um, American teams in the OHL, the Erie Otters, the Saginaw Spirit, and the Flint Firebirds. And there's an entire division of the WHL that's in, it's in the U.S. The Tri-City Americans, Spokane Chiefs, the um, Seattle Thunderbirds, the Portland Winterhawks, and there's yep. one more, I think. Yep. yep. Um. I could have named two of those because of defensemen that I like. Yes, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's because since the since the Lewis Maniacs folded slash moved to um, um, Sherbrook, it was a bit of both. They folded and Sherbrook was awarded a new franchise. It wasn't really a move or something like that. There's been no American teams in the queue. My position is, you know what? Bring the queue to Manch Vegas. They got a good. They got a pretty good arena. Make it so. Make Next it so. QMJHL. Next time you come down, we should all go to Manch Vegas. We should get Anthony to come down, get whoever wants to go over. Let's go to Club Manch Vegas. Seriously, I just want to see what it's like. I want to see how awful it is. And I want to share that experience with other people to see how awful it is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that we'll table that for another time. 
<laughs> we'll get we'll 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 uh, stoke that excitement in you over the next um, eight months or so. We have to move on because yes. we got to wrap up soon. So you uh, the the uh, listeners, not viewers, the listeners, and I are preparing now for the final sexy schedule reading of the regular season. This is when we go low and slow. It's time for sexy schedule reading. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello, listeners. Yes, that's right. This is the final sexy schedule reading of the season. I only wish we'd started doing this earlier. And I know all of you do, too. We have three games this week to close out the year. Starting off on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Tampa Bay is at the Garden. Triplets, my friends. Triplets. The triplets line will be at the Garden. That's better than twins. (laughs) Ah, Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Garden, we have... The Ottawa Senators coming to town. Eric Carlson hasn't been playing, and there's uh, not a lot sexy about that team after that. On ice or off? Just lurch. Those of you who don't know, that's Dion Phaneuf. That's my name for him. He looks like Lurch. <laughs> and um, did you forget about Mathot's missing finger? Stumpy McDumps also <laughs> isn't coming to town because Sidney Crosby <laughs> chopped it off. <laughs> Final game of the season is a it's a late manatee game. 3 p.m. Eastern Time at the Garden on Saturday. The Washington Capitals. Nothing sexier than Ovi's play. Just, certainly not a smile, though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking as a Bruins fan, there are a few things less sexy than Braden Holtby. Because the Bruins just can't score when Holpie's in town. wasn't even my finest work. I mean, my last two weeks were so much better in all of that, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I encouraged you to do that on a whim. <laughs> I think it's one of the more interesting scheduling segments that we have ever had. 
<laughs> and I'm such a strange choice to do it that way too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why I don't know why I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I should do it just like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, it's it's obviously an homage to singing in the rain. The woman like uh, she can't transition to. Um, talking pictures because she has that voice. Um, so I'm going to take your word for all of that. It's a great movie. You should have seen it. It stars Princess Leia's mom. What more do you need? Anyway, uh, yeah, so, uh, okay. So we got this uh, tough schedule that's coming up, so we should think about some bare necessities. I'm going to speculate about what Tim's going to drink. Uh, I think he's going to drink some Black Velvet, maybe. He may. He and, may. Um, Anthony, I don't know what he's going to drink. There's always a family recipe. Uh, he could have gotten some more Narragansett, but who knows? And uh, Nick's still in schools. In schools, he may not be drinking during the week right now. Although he did say something about being drunk this week. He w was off his past. I don't yes. know. Or is that just me? I don't know. I said a bunch of dumb things in the chat thread there on Thursday when I got home. I was off work a bunch this last week, folks, and uh, yeah, my liver's better. Is worse off for it. Um, mm. Yes, I don't. Um, I don't really remember. I don't recall. I yeah, wasn't that's, really. That's busy. actually my problem. Yeah. <laughs> I was very busy this week, and I had emotionally charged week, so I don't really remember very much. I will say that uh, this week. Let's see. I can actually see the game on Tuesday. I can't see the game on Thursday, but I'm thinking I will go out for that game on Saturday and really live it up because it's. Just a good idea for that last game of the year, or this the regular. And you season. know, here's the thing about it: is it's a 3 p.m. matinee, which means it's over at like seven. So it's like you know, prime to actually like you know, it's like oh, okay, well, if this went that, if things go go south, you can drink it off. If things go well, you can drink it off. Yep, yep, yep. I think now, so. Now, I will say the Bruins could conceivably, um, if the uh, apparently if the Lightning lose tonight, or even only kick one point, and the Bruins beat them on Tuesday. We could cinch a playoff spot as soon as Tuesday if everything goes well. Knock yep, on. Yep, 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 yep. And honestly, that schedule is not as tough as it looks because Ottawa is a pushover right now. Okay. Their defense is in shambles because Carlson and Method are out. Yes, 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 because Method is missing a finger. And yes. I'm not entirely sure what's wrong with Carlson, but uh, their defense without Carlson is catastrophic. Yep. Because they're doing that thing that Toronto did for all those years with Dion Phaneuf as a number one D. Yep. Lurch. <laughs> Dion <Dion> hockey. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, I think when I can watch a game, I will be drinking Rhode Island's finest brew, Narragansett. Perhaps the coffee milk stout, which I enjoyed today during the podcast. I still have some Lovecraft brew and... There is a new IPA called It's About Time. Barely on topic. We would like you to be brought we would like to be brought to you by Gansett. Please pay attention, Narragansett. Run! <laughs> so yes, yeah, so what are you gonna drink this week? Well, um during the show I had a, a couple of tall boys with some local stuff. Right now I'm drinking two crows breweries, uh, Pollyanna Wild Northeast IPA. It's okay. And I had but long before I had this this collaboration pay uh, Pale, it's just sort of generic pale ale that was a collaboration between every 
just about every member of the Nova Scotia Craft Brewers Association, and it was about as pedestrian as one with twenty with, with twenty one breweries contributing to it could possibly be. <laughs> it was well executed and thoroughly uninteresting. Okay. It was a pale. You know, I I, I bet you wish you had some Narragansett. I do. I do wish I had some Gansetts right now. <laughs> Whether it was a CMS or a uh, or or, or a or a Del Shandy or, or what have you. Uh, oh, gosh. I love a Del Shandy, but I think it's a little too early. It's just not hot enough for me, but... Yeah, it's snowed here today. Yeah. Oh, that's sucky. You know what? Not much. It's not like what you guys got. My brother sent me Snapchats from his new house there in, 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 in New Boston, and uh, they got like 18 inches yesterday. We, we got three inches, but it was like a combined like snow, sleet, rain... Um, oh, one of them, one of them wintry mixes. Yeah, so it was like concrete, basically. Yeehaw. Uh, yeah, that was so fun. So I actually left the house for the first time today in days, but that's okay. It was fifty-five when I went out for my walk, so that was really nice. Yeah, so it's gonna take a little time. Uh, telling you though, seriously, you remember the horseshoe? You got to have the Del Shandy on tap at the horseshoe. Which happens during the summer. I know you don't come down here in the summer, but I'm just telling you that to make you jealous. Yeah, I was going to say, if I come to the States in summer, it tends not to be any further than than, than, uh, North Conway. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's awesome. But anyway, whatever. We'll, we'll hash that out later. So, that pretty much wraps up our show. We... Oh, yeah. I did talk about what I wanted. Okay, so, yes. Wraps up our show. Did we have anybody really talk to us this week? I know I got something from uh, Steinman today. I think it's Mark Steinman. He was talking about how the game last week at the Barclays was brutal, especially when um, Pasternak uh, wanted to take a shot at someone. And I actually loved it. I thought it was great that he did that. He said, the Boston Islander game was brutal. I had to hide my Bruins jersey after Pasternak's taking a shot at one of their guys. I'm sorry that happened to you, Mark. Um, I didn't have that same experience because I was too busy yelling, fuck face! I wish I would have known you were going to the game, though, or opposite. I would have said hi. I wouldn't have hung out with you too much and made you feel weird or something because, like, I'm weird. It's okay. But, you know, hey, enjoy those games at the Barclays. We don't know how much longer they're going to be there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... I think Gene Catherine said something about something about how I felt like uh, like I had made peace with the whole Tyler Sagan being traded thing. I made peace with that long ago. I mean, what are you going to do? You can you can sit there and live your whole life and going, ah, they should have never traded, or you could just go, well, I'm sure they had their reasons. Again, the 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 process irks me. Yes, into the outcome, not even necessarily trading Sagan. And again, remember this: I am passionate. Louis Erickson enthusiast. It was it's 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 still the return on the process of of how it happened. Both those still irk me, but it's what it is. And I still think that Brad Marchand is a better player for it. Honestly, I we could scare me. It scared him straight. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's fine. You can find us on Twitter at Barely on Topic. You can find us on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, which is our primary home iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Play. <laughs> now it's gotten to a habit. It's like I just wait for somebody else to say it. And I think that's about it. There might be other ways. You can 
probably contact us personally on Twitter. If you really want to talk to me, I'm at DJBA73. You probably don't want to talk to me, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. Like, I met at Dr. Hand Grenade, spelled AID at the end. If you really want to sign on to that insanity, yeah, yeah feel so, free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, we don't have Tim here, so I'm going to let you do it. Well, you're not going to be able to do it justice because I'm not Timmy, but, uh, word!